Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We have been talking about the transfer process for community college students. We've been referencing uh, the Heckinger Report. You can find the link for the article we've been talking about in the description down below. And we start asking, is the transfer process a smooth one for all students? No, not necessarily. We talked about different ways to improve the transfer process. And now, Zahi, we are going to talk about, in a perfect world, what are the fixes that we need to put in place to make sure that community college students that want to pursue a bachelor's degree after leaving a community college can do that easily? Yeah. So this is, I'm going to give you the Al-Azahi thought. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree with me, but I think it starts by building trust building trust amongst the institutions and the systems uh, because you know somehow we trust k through 12 with the students that we get from them but somehow we don't trust community colleges with the students that we get from them so we need to in my opinion we need to trust uh, we need to build trust we need to uh, also uh, understand who the student that typically comes to a community college versus a student to go straight straight to a four-year, whether it's a regional four-year or a selective four-year. Um, there are different populations. And understanding that we would be creating an additional pipeline for students who would otherwise not go uh, to those four years. Um, I don't know if you agree with me that that trust needs to be built and needs to be built on a solid foundation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, again, and, and I talked about this in one of the, the previous episodes that, you know, there's this perception that, you know, community college is not real college. There, there's a perception that, you know, it, it's glorified high school. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, there's a perception among some that, you know, students go to community college because they have to. You know, that's the only place that would take them. Uh, and maybe there was a day when that was true. I don't believe that to be the case at all. But, you know, again, we, we've seen, and the statistics bear it out, that community college students, when they go to a four-year institution, often outperform the students that were native to that four-year institution. So, uh, you know, they, they are students that, you know, are good students, um, and they chose community college for whatever reason, you know, maybe that was a financial reason for them. Maybe they needed to go somewhere close to home. Maybe they wanted to go somewhere with very small class sizes early on. Uh, why they chose community college is not necessarily relevant, but, you know, the fact that is you have to trust that they're going to come in and they're going to be good students. And I think you're seeing a lot of four-year institutions realize that because you're seeing some heavy recruitment, especially now as we approach that, that en enrollment cliff, heavy recruitment and courting of community college students saying, hey, come to us, we've got a spot for you. Uh, the, the fear that I have is many times they wanna take them before they finish at the community college, which which is problematic in terms of 
completion at the community college. But as I was listening to you, I was also thinking about that student who cannot go full-time. And most universities only offer a full-time type of a uh, course of studies. So for the individual that has to work because they have dependents or, or because of their life, uh, because they cannot commute, uh, can't study online or whatever the circumstance is, why do we want to put obstacles ahead of them? Um, why don't we provide those, again, I keep on talking about rungs, uh, flatters, of, of springboards, of, of stepping stones for them to access higher education. The whole economy is clamoring for, for people with higher education because of the skills that they get. And it seems that we are figuring out ways to, to keep some out of, of uh, uh, those degrees uh, that could be offered, that could be helpful to all of us in our society. Um, but I might have it wrong again. So uh, we are all going to be I shouldn't say all, but in most geographic areas, especially for us in the upper Midwest, we have a dwindling population, especially in the age brackets that we typically see in college, the college going traditional student age. So we're all now moving toward the non-traditional students, which was, as you called it in, in a few shows ago, the bread and butter of two-year colleges. So competition is getting even stiffer, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So something else that, you know, I think could really help with the transfer process um, is, you know, you, the importance of advising in the process. Uh, you know, it's something when we first talked about this, we, we talked about this a little bit. And, uh, you know, every college can have a little bit different uh, views on, on what they need to take in a transfer student and what credits come across. So the advising process is is very, very important for students to engage in that. But on the flip side, um, advising, you know, generally an advisor is probably going to have a couple of hundred students that they're advising at, at any one time. Uh, so that can make it harder for that advisor to really sit down and spend a lot of time with a student and, you know, if they come in and say, I want to go to this particular college, what do I need to do to get there? Uh, you know, that's time for the advisor to reach out to that institution to find out, you know, how everything is going to articulate and what's going to work, what isn't. Uh, so, you know, again, if I ruled the world and, and could make everything easier, um, you know, maybe you lower that uh, student to advisor ratio by having more advisors in place. Yeah, uh, and and if I if I were to be king for twenty four hours with omnipotent uh, powers, I would I would do what what the guided pathways uh, uh, tells us in community colleges to do, which is not offer that smorgasbord of classes go from the cafeteria model to particular sets of classes and and similarly I, if i had the power i would strongly advocate with the universities to do the same because sometimes uh, two bachelor's degrees that are 
identical for the same discipline can require different classes and, and an advisor cannot, you know, you, you have to choose this university or that university. Um, so perhaps we can find more homogeneity at the four-year level and the two-year level. But I think, again, if I had the power, I think, I think building trust is going to be the first thing I would uh, revert to. Yeah, and, you know, I think kind of along the lines of what you just said, um, you know, we've seen places, California, Illinois, there's some places, you know, out east where there are, you know, articulation agreements in place, but there's somewhat of a hodgepodge. Uh, they don't necessarily cover every college and university out there. Um, I'm by, by no means saying let's nationalize education, but it would be nice if there was kind of a, you know, if we all were working a little bit from the same playbook uh, so that, you know, again, whether I take that class in California or Minnesota or North Carolina, it's all going to be the same kind of thing. That's a good and, point. You know, that's going to make, yeah, that's going to make it a lot easier for me to, to transfer. Yeah. Yeah, I somehow every 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 time I'm listening to you, I keep on thinking about the comment by, by Chancellor Garcia, you know, about the funding model, right? If if that could change, possibly stream impact could be exactly what you're talking about. However, education is local, especially when it comes to two-year colleges, more so than universities that are typically state. Uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a doozy in some ways, right? Absolutely. So we want to hear from you. If you have an idea, how do we make the transfer process easier for students? Sound off in the comments down below. Uh, if you like our content here on YouTube, be sure and subscribe. Ring the bell for notifications when we post new content. And of course, you can also listen to Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time on Let's Talk Ed.